Welcome to episode 47 of the Princeton Podcast, produced by the podcast production team at HG Media, providing audio and video production services here in Princeton since 1999. In this episode, our Princeton Podcast host, Mayor Mark Frieda, welcomed Bart Bronk, head of school at Hun School of Princeton. Bart describes Hun's rich history, founded by John Gale Hun, a former Princeton professor with a focus on individual mentorship. Bart details the school's mission to foster resilient character and joyful learning in students, preparing them for a diverse and changing world. He elaborates on the school's educational offerings from middle school to postgraduate levels and its emphasis on interdisciplinary learning and skill development. Bart also touches on his own academic journey and vision for the Hun School. So without any further introduction, let's join our host, Mark Frieda, and his guest, Bart Bronk, for episode 47 of the Princeton Podcast. Bart, thanks for joining us today. Glad to be here. So let's start off by just asking you, when did you become the head of the school at Hun School? Yeah, I've been the proud head of the Hun School for just over five months. So my first day in the office was July 5th uh, this past summer. There we go. So can you just kind of give us, I mean, I think, I hope most people in town are aware of the Hun School, but can you kind of give us a short history of the school? Sure, happy to. So the school was founded by a, a Princeton professor named John Gale Hun. Uh, he retired from the Princeton faculty in the teens, 19 teens, um, and started a tutoring school. And so it was his vision that he would work one-on-one with students to help them apply to and succeed at Princeton University. Um, so it was very natural for him to locate that school um, here in Princeton. So he started on Stockton Street, um, and the school existed there for uh, almost 30 years, mm-hmm. more than 30 years. Um, uh, at some point in the 20s, they acquired the, the current campus, the Edgerstone campus, uh, just outside of town here, and uh, the, started a junior school. Um, and then the upper school moved from Stockton Street to Edgerstone in the 1940s, uh, where the school has been ever since. Um, what's retained, you know, and along the way there was incorporations and, you know, headmasters and it became the Hun School in, in honor of its founder. Uh, but what's been really retained, I think, over those now more than 100 years, 110 years, um, is this notion of individual mentorship. Um, and it, it still permeates the educational culture there today. That's great. Thank you. So that kind of ties in. So what is so today, what is the mission of mm-hmm. the Hunt School at Princeton today? Yeah, the mission of the Hunt School is to empower each student to thrive in a diverse and ever-changing world by nurturing resilient character, providing individual mentorship, and inspiring vigorous and joyful learning. And obviously you hear the echoes of John Gale Hunt's tutoring school yeah. in that individual mentorship. Uh, I love the focus on resilient character. I think too many schools today um, don't focus on resilience. Um, and so it's, it's an achievement culture that, is, you know, that can be toxic uh, to young people. But if you focus on resilience, the ability to cope, the ability to, um, to hang in and persevere through difficulty, uh, you turn out students that can really uh, grapple with a complex world. And you know, what really drew me to the school, I have to say, um, is the, the willingness to enshrine joyful learning in the mission statement. That's what I believe learning should be. I don't believe it should be road exercises. I don't believe it should be sort of uh, artificially rigorous uh, uh, you know, bubbles to be filled. It should be this really transformational human experience. It should be joyful. Um, that's what we try to achieve in the Hun classrooms. 
Gee, I wish uh, I wish you were around when I was in high school. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so you you mentioned that there was a, a lower school or middle school and upper school. Can you kind of explain all all of it? What that? Yeah, is? The, the junior school was retired. Uh, uh, you know, fifty years more than fifty years ago, and so today the Hun School uh, starts in the sixth grade. So there's a middle school, which is sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, uh, contained in a lovely, warm. Uh, rich building, um, strong program. The middle school just is celebrating its 50th anniversary this year. Um, so it launched in, in 1973. Um, and then there's an upper school, uh, and the upper school is grades 9 through 12, but the Hunt School also has uh, a few postgraduates. Um, so students who are spending one additional year after graduating somewhere else um, to round out their experience, to gain a little, they're often boarding students, to gain um, the opportunity to live away from home. Um, some of them are athletes that are hoping to get a little bigger and, and expand their college opportunities. Um, so grades six through postgraduate, um, and it's both day and boarding. Um, so we have about 121 boarding students, um, and the balance uh, are day students. Wow. Okay. Um, so let me ask you, what, so what, what is the balance of that? So yeah. you have the 121 yeah. facility. Yeah. Overall, what do you think? To total enrollment this year is 690 students. Wow. Um, so about 570 day students, about 120 boarders. Um, and uh, that there is a boarding program at the heart of the school really creates benefits for all students. I really believe that um, because what it means is that we have dozens of faculty members who live on campus. Mm. Um, and so when you have teachers that live on campus, um, they're creating community and a community feel for everyone, for all the students they teach. Now the boarders are there you know, day in and day out, yeah. um, the day students come and go, but you'll often find day students um, who stay for dinner and, and into the evening for activities. So that there's a boarding program at the heart of the school, even though it's a smaller proportion of the students, I think creates a sense of community and home that, that Hun's really known for. Right. Um, so can we talk about the different areas of study that are offered at Hun? I think there's a wide variety of... Yeah, yeah, a, a full range. And, and, and if you saw the curriculum, both middle school and upper school, I think you'd be incredibly impressed with the uh, the range and, and uh, depth of the classes that are offered. Um, certainly, it, um, it, at least on the surface, it's organized traditionally, English, math, English, math history, science, um, you know, modern and classical languages. Um, and then there's a host of uh, the arts, uh, really rich as well. And then there are requirements, you know, within those programs for graduation. Um, but I think one of the things that's really purposeful at Hun is that it's not necessarily about content areas. It's about overarching skills. And so the school focuses, regardless of the discipline that you're in, the school focuses on building skills that are cross-disciplinary. Um, so you think about things like uh, creativity, you think about things like critical thinking. These are the skills that live at the heart of teaching and learning, whether it's uh, an English seminar in Shakespeare or uh, mythology or you know a, a science class in, in marine biology. Um, it's the skills that matter most. Um, but a really, really robust range of electives. And, and then there's an interdisciplinary studies department where students can um, you know, sort of look at ideas that really cross disciplines. Um, and I, I had the opportunity to teach in that department in the first trimester. So oh, I'm the proud teacher of a leadership seminar <laughs> uh, for sophomores. Um, and again, that's, that doesn't live within any department. It sort of lives across departments. Right. So, you know, I, I cheated and looked at the website a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I saw there's a section on, like, signature programs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's some of what you just referred to or that's on top of what you just referred I, to. I, what I refer to, I think, is our signature approach. Um, uh, I, I think it's really, a, it, it, you know, lots of schools... Um, Lots of schools think about skills, but I think Hun's willingness to put them at the center 
of the educational experience um, and the center of language, you know, in those classes. Um, so the kids are, are sort of talking about the skills that they're developing, I think, I think is, a, is, is a signature approach. Um, in terms of signature programs, uh, there are a few that are really exciting to me. Next term is an incredible program. Um, and so that's the, the last three weeks of the school year. Um, we send uh, all of our upper school students um, so all, you know, 570 upper school students uh, out into the world oh. um, for three-week immersive credit-bearing classes, interdisciplinary classes um, through a focused lens. Um, and so this coming May, students will be going to Barcelona uh, to study the legacy of the 92 Olympics 30 years later. Uh, they'll be going to South Carolina to study the Gullah culture. They'll be going to Scandinavia to study the Nordic approach to living well, um, you know, wellness and, yeah. and sort of humanity. Um, they'll, the, the freshmen will be going all over New Jersey studying themes like New Jersey icons, New Jersey legends, New Jersey, weird New Jersey, uh, New Jersey's coasts. Um, so their, their program is a little more regionally focused. Uh, but last spring, for example, Hun students traveled 50,000 miles um, and made the world their classroom. Um, and so to, to sort of commit to a program like that, to allow every student to participate, to allow faculty to build these really immersive interdisciplinary learning experiences, it, 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 it's a joyful way to end the school year. And, it's a, uh, and then the students come back to Hunt and, and share what they've learned. We call it Nexpo. Um, so that's a really, you know, that, uh, that's a signature program. It's five years old um, and it's really reaching maturity now. And, and it's... It's, it's unlike anything I've seen in, in my career in education. Uh, another interesting signature program is the Scholars Program, uh, which allows students in 10th grade to identify an individual research tract. So if you're, you know, if you're a student who's particularly excited, let's say, uh, about um, uh, feminism in film, uh, you can say, I'm going to develop a research question as it relates to feminism and, and how it's represented in film. Um, and then within the classes I select my junior and senior year, I'm going to have room to, to pursue that individual research uh, and then do a capstone project in which I try to make a meaningful contribution to that academic dialogue. Um, where, wherever that might be, uh, maybe that's you know giving a TED talk or um, you know writing for a journal, um, and so students in in the tenth grade, if they choose, have an opportunity to really customize their experience through eleventh and twelfth grade to to study in depth a research topic that really excites them. So those are just a couple programs <laughs> that. Uh, that excite me. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I've created a next term. I should I should plug that. Um, so yeah, I'm doing a regional course called America's Pastime in the Garden State. Huh. Um, so it's to explore uh, the unique history and culture and business of baseball in New Jersey. Um, and the kids keep asking, are we going to a Phillies game? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> 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 we'll, we'll go see the Somerset, uh, you know, Patriots. Yeah. We, we, we might see the Lakewood Blue Claws, but yeah. this is a New Jersey uh, exercise. Um, and it's been great uh, just preparing for that course. Uh, we're finding all sorts of, uh, uh, you know, interesting stories. And so one of the questions was, you know, if we wanted to think about the dead ball era, you know, who's, were the great players from New Jersey? And it turns out Goose Goslin, one of the legends of the dead ball era, was, was a New yeah. Jersey native. Yeah, yeah, Salem County. Wow. That's great. Thank yeah. you. That's very interesting. Mm -hmm. So, um, okay, let's ask a little bit about you. Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Yeah, I'm from Mount Laurel. Oh, uh, wow, so way yeah. far away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I grew up in Burlington County. 
Um, actually, I was born in, in uh, Delaware County in Havertown, Pennsylvania. Uh, but uh, when my family was, when I was young, when I was sixth or seventh grade, or sixth or seventh, first or second grade, we moved to Mount Laurel with my brother and I with my mom. Um, she worked uh, for the State Department of Education in Trenton. So she was taking the bus from the Morristown Mall into Trenton yeah. uh, every day. Um, and we were in Mount Laurel Public Schools. And uh, as we grew and, and got older and needed a little more structure in our lives, she realized that you know, with her schedule, she wasn't able to provide it. Um, so she chose an independent school for us, um, which was a small boys boarding school in Chester County, Pennsylvania. Um, and that's, that's where my independent school career began. Um, so it was that choice that my mom made now 35 years ago that set the course which ended with me, uh, you know, being at, at Hunt. Um, and, and in some ways, it's, there's, there's even some shared donor families between those two schools in a way that it feels, yeah. feels sort of like, you know, almost cosmic. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm from South Jersey. Um, I, I think New Jersey's the greatest state in the world. My uncle, uh, for a number of years, lived in Princeton Junction. So I'm, oh, I'm pretty yeah. familiar with this part of the world, with yeah. Mercer County. Um, so couldn't be happier to be back home. Well, that's great. Um, so I imagine you but probably at some other schools before you came to Hunt. Yeah. So a little bit about where you might have been. And yeah, yeah. My career actually began in museums. Um, so for the first seven years of my career, I worked at the Franklin Institute in Philadelphia, there you go. Yeah. Um, home of the giant heart, you know, and, yeah. and really thought I was going to be a museum professional maybe my whole life um, and was having great success there. And then the head of the school that I had attended, the boys boarding school, it's called Church Farm School, uh, called me up one day and said, I need you to be the director of admissions. And I said, no, you know, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm fulfilled in my museum life. And he said in a very, you know, head of school way, Mr. Bronco, I wasn't asking you. <laughs> <laughs> and so I agreed to go out and, and, you know, he made the case that the school that had done so much for me needed someone to pay that forward. Uh, so off we moved to Chester County, Pennsylvania. And I was the director of admissions at the church farm school for six years during that time, I got a graduate degree uh, in educational leadership from Penn. I had decided I wanted to be a school leader. I fell in love with being a school professional. Um, and then was ready for the next step, and it was one of those heartbreaking moments where it wasn't available at home. It wasn't available at the place that, that raised me. Um, and so I had to be willing to, to go out and, uh, for a little bit of an adventure. And so I networked to a school in Gross Point, Michigan, Gross Point, Michigan, just outside the city of Detroit became the Associate Dean of Faculty at University Liggett School, uh, which is a pre-K to 12 independent school um, in beautiful Gross Point, and one of the most historic schools in Michigan. And uh, over the course of 10 years there, I was the Dean of the Faculty, Chief Operating Officer, the Provost, the Interim Head of School, and for six years, the Head of School. Um, and so that was, that was my uh, most immediate uh, career journey. Um, but it was the experience of leading that school through the pandemic uh, and the, the ways in which that isolated everyone yeah. uh, made us, as a family, decide it was time to come home. Um, and so I began, to, I began to look at schools in New Jersey. Um, we really wanted to be sort of in the, I, th I think of Philadelphia as, my, as sort of my home city. We wanted to be in the greater Philadelphia area um, and to lead a school that was, you know, that had a rich mission and, and was in a great place. And, and Hun happened to happened to be looking, you know, yeah. my predecessor, John Brougham had announced his retirement. And so I participated in that process and was uh, really privileged to be selected uh, in May of 2022 uh, as the next head of school. Yeah. Wow. What a journey. Good journey. So w how's the transition 
from uh, Michigan back to Jersey and to the life at Hun. How's that all going? It's been great. You know, it's funny. I actually wrote in my cover letter to Hun. You know, I wanted to add some flavor, and so and I wanted to let him know, like, I'm I'm from there. Like, yeah. I know. So I wrote like one of the things we missed in Michigan was Wawa. <laughs> like, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it in the world. You know, it'd be a Saturday morning, and we'd need half and half, and and I'd say this is a Wawa moment. I need a Wawa, you know, I need to go get my half and half and a, and a sizzly and a, and maybe some soft pretzels for later. And, you know, in Michigan, you got to go into the grocery store and walk all the way to the back. Um, but you know, that, that's, that's sort of a, a, a funny way of saying it feels great to be home. Yeah. Um, this, this part of the world just feels like home. We love, we love the Jersey shore. We love ocean city. So to be, you know, an hour and a half from there, we yeah. love the Philadelphia Phillies. So to be able to Use, we've kept our Phillies tickets all these years that we were in Michigan. So wow. to be able to use them now and, yeah. and go down and see Phillies games, to be able to access Manhattan um, and the incredible uh, resources there, you know, from an easy train ride. And then, of course, Princeton. You know, yeah. Princeton is an amazing place to live. Um, I'm, a, I'm a runner, and I've, like, fallen in love with the, the ways in which this is, this is a runner-friendly community. Um, you know, obviously the excitement and the, the rich, you know, restaurants and cultural destinations of, of downtown Princeton proper. And then, um, the extended, you know, sort of beautiful countryside. It's a really nice place to live. Um, and, and we, we knew, we knew it for sure when our daughter, who's a sophomore at the University of Pennsylvania, and, and because of that feels a certain way about a certain institution here and, <laughs> and their orange. Um, she, she had a little chip on her shoulder when she first came to visit. She, she was the last of us to arrive in Princeton. Uh, and she spent, you know, she spent three hours kind of wandering and shopping and seeing, and she's like, this town's pretty cool. Yeah. This town's pretty cool. So <laughs> it's been great. Hun's, Hun is an incredibly welcoming community. And so that piece of it, you know, has been inc- just awesome. You know, the, the, the families, the alumni, the, the faculty and staff, they've wrapped their arms around us um, in ways that have made the transition really smooth. Um, I love sunny winter days. Uh, it's pretty gray in the Midwest. And so that's been, that's been a nice transition as well. Um, and we're excited. We're excited to continue exploring. You know, we know, uh, I, I know a bit about Princeton from, from my childhood and, and visiting family here, but um, I'm really excited to, to, to get to know this, in, this incredible place. Yeah. Thank you for all that. That's good. Yeah. yeah it is a great place, I, I must admit. Um, so obviously, Hun students go on to colleges, and I'm sure that's you know a big thing. Every high school likes to talk about oh, how many of their kids went to college, et cetera. But I imagine a place like Hun, you have a pretty, pretty high rate of students that, that who want to go to college do go to college. Yeah. You know, it, 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 in, in almost every class, you know, 100% of students will, will apply to and, and matriculate. Um, every once in a while, there's a student that chooses something different. Maybe it's a post-grad year. Yeah. Um, maybe it's a prep program to, you know, if they can't get direct admission to a, a service academy. Um, but yeah, 100% of seniors are, are applying to, um, you know, a, a really diverse array of colleges and universities. And I think it's one of the things that's beautiful about being a, uh, uh, you know, Hun has has enough students to have really rich programs, great sports teams. You know, we, the, if you want to do something at Hun, it's there for you to do. Yeah. But we're also small enough to give really individualized attention. So those college conversations are happening starting in the tenth grade, junior year, assigned an individual counselor. You know, we have we have a bevy of counselors for a senior class that's only, you know, in a typical year, 100, 125 students. Um, and the key question is fit. It's not ranking, right? And I think one of the ways in which the college process at independent schools um, can be toxic 
as if it's like a race to, to ranking. Um, if you want to study at an elite university, if you want to study at a highly selective university, um, Hunt is going to support your, your journey there. Um, if you're looking for a small liberal arts institution, if you're looking for a community that feels like Hun, where you're really well known um, and you have the ability to do interdisciplinary studies, that's going to be a different set of colleges. Um, and so the key is having counselors who, A, really take the time to get to know you and understand what you're looking for. Maybe that's geographic, maybe that's programmatic, maybe it's driven by your athletic interests, and then are familiar with a range of incredible colleges and universities um, that can meet those needs um, and set you up to, to apply to a range of schools, one of which is going to be the right school for you. Um, and so, yes, you know, I, I could I could list all the, the names of the, you know, highly selective and the IVs. Um, but instead, you know, I, I'd, I'd rather brag about the number of different schools that our students attend. Um, and in a senior class of 125, it's it's not uncommon to have the number of different colleges and universities that students are matriculating to uh, be in the 70s. Wow. Um, and so that, that speaks to a college process that's really about finding the right fit. Um, and that, that, I think, creates students that you know, thrive when they get there. You know, and, and that's what you want. Um, we, we know the statistics that more than 50% of students will not finish at the college at which they start. Hmm. Um, and, and that's only going to get worse post-pandemic. Um, and so to spend the time to find that fit is, 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 is well invested. Yeah. Um, all right, so just changing up a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I know that Hun rents out facilities on the campus. So we do. I thought I'd throw a plug in and can you, so <laughs> people listening, you can tell what kind of things you do there. Yeah, yeah, we have, we have uh, you know, if, you, if you're interested in a really elegant uh, uh, dining experience, you could, you could rent out Russell Hall, which is the, the original Edgerstone mansion um, that John Gale Hun bought in 1926 um, and retains all of that charm. Um, if you're interested in, in a great turf field, you could rent our stadium field, which has you know incredible stadium seating, and that that facility is rented just about every weekend. Um, and I, I know that because I run by it, and I'm thinking there's a lot of noise on a December <laughs> Saturday morning, and it's you know soccer teams or Special Olympics, you know a variety of, of programs rent our athletic spaces, uh, a full gymnasium with with two full basketball courts. Um, and, and then uh, a really beautiful uh, performing arts center, the Breen Performing Arts Center, um, which is just a few years uh, since we've totally renovated it. Um, that's technologically advanced and seats over 300. Um, and so that's a beautiful space as well. But yeah, um, and then, you know, we could be creative, right? We have, we have two classroom buildings, which certainly in the summer, um, there's, there's availability there. Our kids come first, our program comes first, but sure. um, we have lots of great partnerships. And that extends into the summer where there are groups um, that rent the boarding facilities. Um, so we'll have, you know, uh, a debate group comes in every summer and, and brings kids from all over the country and puts them in rooms um, and, and does work in our academic buildings. So, a, you know, really nice auxiliary program um, that can be catered to fit a lot of needs. Yeah. Okay, cool. So wh where do you, I mean, okay, so you're here five months, so let me ask you, where, where's Hun going over the next five years? Any, any thoughts on that yet or <laughs> yeah, too early great, to ask that? It's, it's a great question. I, I've cautioned, you know, from the start, I cautioned even in my visit, you know, I spent, I had been identified as the head in 2022, so I was, I was the incoming head for a year so I visited four or five times, um, and the kids love to ask that question. What are you going to change? What are you going to get rid of? What are you going to fix? Um, and you know, I, I've offered caution there because I think it's a really it's misguided to suggest that that I can come in and in five months 
see a really discrete pathway for five years. Um, so I've, I've framed it with the community that my goals in this first year uh, are to learn and to connect. Um, so I want to learn as much as I can about the institution and connect with its people, kids, families, faculty and staff, alumni, the, an incredible board of trustees that, that you know, sort of holds the strategic plan. That's their purview. So working with them on designing what's next. What I will tell you, Hun's in an incredibly strong place. Um, it is a school that's thriving. Um, we have more uh, applicants than spots are available um, in almost every grade level. Mm. Um, and so it's, it's not an institution that, um, you know, it's not a rescue mission, right? This is a school that's, you know, John Brome, my, my predecessor, did an incredible job uh, over his 14 years taking Hun to a, a place of, of prominence. Um, and so what's nice about that is it allows us as a leadership team and the board of trustees um, to think big, right? We don't have to solve an enrollment crisis. We don't have to uh, solve a financial crisis. Um, you know, we, we, the, 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 we don't have to, you know, there, there's certainly facilities. Uh, there's always, uh, you know, uh, big dreams about facilities, but there aren't any, you know, sort of urgent facility needs. And so let's dream big. And I think Hun has maintained an innovative posture um, for, uh, for a while. Um, innovation has become part of the Hun brand. And so that's the space I want to live in. Um, you know, five, if 10 years ago you had said that Hun was going to develop a program that sent every high school student across the world for three weeks in May, that would have sounded like a, like a pipe dream. Yeah. And five years later, we're doing it. So what's next? What's the next next term? What's the next idea um, that allows us to innovate while supporting the mission, right? The mission is our guidepost. Um, we always want to focus on vigorous and joyful learning, individual mentorship, uh, resilient character, uh, preparing students to, to thrive in a really complex world. What are the innovative programs that allow us to do that? And if we live in that space, which I think we can, uh, the future is incredibly bright. Yeah. Um, and so I, I really think of it as a, as a great to greater proposition. Uh, Hun's in a great place. Uh, you know, there's, there's not a ton that needs to be changed, um, but there's incredible opportunity um, to, to continue to innovate um, and make an, uh, a really magical impact on the lives of the, the, the students that come to us. Yeah, no, that sounds good. And it sounds realistic, too. I mean, like you said, okay, I'm only here five months long. <laughs> I don't have the plan for the next 10 years yet. I, I would be wary of a leader that came in and in five months said, yeah. I've got it all figured oh, yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, you know, the... the I'll tell you what sort of connecting and learning looks like, at least one way, one, one way that it looks. Um, so I have shadowed a student at every grade level um, in these first five months. So I have spent a day in sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, all the way up through senior year. Wow. Um, and when you follow a student and you sit next to that student, and I'm participating, right? I was playing goalie in middle school girls' soccer practice. <laughs> um, I, you know, I participated in science labs. I, I really wanted to experience Hun through a student's eyes. Yeah. When you do that, you, you, you really get to understand that student experience. And for me, it was so affirming because all of these things I had come to learn about Hun and believe about Hun and the reason I chose Hun were happening. They were happening in those classrooms. I saw joyful learning. I saw vigorous learning. I saw individual mentorship. I saw happy kids. So that was, that was a great process. And then, of course, you know, as, as, as any leader, then you start to think about your questions. You know, what, you know, what made me wonder in the course of my day? Um, and so I've said to the board, uh, and actually in the first meeting, I said, uh, at the end of this first year, I may not have all the answers, but I'll be asking the right questions. Yeah. Um, and then as a community, we can develop the answers to those. That's great. 
Bart, I want to thank you very much for joining us today. This has been really interesting to hear so much more about the Hunt School. I'm so pleased to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Um, we, we appreciate the partnership of, of Princeton um, in everything that we do. Um, we always do our best uh, to be you know, one of Princeton's proud institutions. Um, we'll continue to do that. Thank you for joining us for the 47th episode of the Princeton Podcast, produced by the podcast production team at HG Media providing audio and video production services here in Princeton since 1999. If you enjoyed this episode of the Princeton Podcast, please share it with your friends. Visit our website at princetonpodcast.com and be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts.